Well, hello there. I'm Andy Bush. I am joined by macabre aficionados Stephen Brotherston and David Lawrence. We'd like to welcome you to a brand new project that we've been working on together, a brand new weekly podcast. This is Scarred for Life, a deep dive into the dark dystopian pop culture of the 1970s, 80s and beyond. Uh, Inspired by the two hit books that Steve and Dave have written each week, we will host a different guest from the world of TV, literature, film, pop culture, Uh, and invite them to share three things that have scarred them for life when they were kids. And we want to hear from you as well, our amazing listeners. Every week we all have a feature called Listener's Scars, where you can share with us stuff that absolutely petrified you and made you hide behind the couch when you were growing up. Uh, The three of us are kind of connected because we share a love of the unusual, the love of the weird, love of the unsettling, and whether that's reading Arthur C. Clarke's World of Strange Power books in the school library on a lunch break or not being able to sleep because of Cybermen, uh, that's just what's kind of brought us together. So let's let's introduce ourselves here uh, in the Scarred for Life podcast. Uh, uh, Dave, why don't you start? Hi, uh, my name's Dave Lawrence. I... I'm the co-writer of Scarf Life. Um, I am 21 and a bit years old. Okay, I'm 58. Uh, and I, as you say, I grew up with the very dark and disturbing pop culture of the 70s and 80s. And uh, and Steve, tell us a little bit about uh, your involvement and how, how you and Dave met each other. I'm Stephen Brotherstone. I also am 21 years old. I'm, I'm not 53. <laughs> We've, you've got to be of a certain age, as they say, to get the full... Of course, of course. But basically, yeah, this is, um, this is the pop culture. This is the real 70s and 80s that we remember. We talk about spangles and chopper bikes and the Bay City Rollers, but this is what we remember growing up, the dark side of the 70s and 80s. Um, I've known Dave for 20... Help me, Dave, 20, over 25 years. Oh, yeah, definitely over 25 years, yeah. Yeah, basically, I worked I worked at Forbidden Planet in Liverpool for 23 years, from 1995 to 2020. And Dave was our oldest customer. I should stop saying this. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Longest Dave. serving. Longest serving that, Dave? customer. I do no, this Longest time. serving customer. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's baby-faced. But he was our longest serving customer, almost from day one. And as they do, you become a friend of the shop. Um, we start making cups of tea for Dave, not just for the staff. He brings biscuits in every week. We chat. We have shared interests. And this is going back to 2014. Dave was in one week in a really quiet morning in work. There was me, Dave, and my mate Col, who worked there. And it was one of those conversations that friends have along the lines of, oh, do you remember that TV show? Oh, do you remember that film? <gasps> Did you used to read that comic? And basically, it must have been about an hour and a half, two hours, just with no customers, just sharing these stories and memories. And when we got finally got to work, as we should have been, we were getting paid for it, <laughs> I couldn't get these things out of my brain. I was kind of thinking every single thing without exaggeration that we'd been talking about for the last couple of hours was violent scary sometimes racist really problematic shocking and most of it was aimed directly at children so i wanted to read the book that someone had obviously written about these things there was no question that someone would have written a book about the darker side of the 70s and 80s 
Uh, couldn't find one. Went on Amazon, Waterstones, every website you can think of. And there was millions of growing up in the 70s and 80s with um, kind of chopper bikes, like you say, Spangles, all the music, all the pop culture, the, I can't remember what they call the bouncy balloon things with the angry face. Me, my, my brain's yeah. gone blank. But no one had written a book delving into the dark stuff, the public information films, the really shocking kids dramas that were on at the time, the violent comics. And me mate Colin Work basically said, well, you enjoy writing, why don't you write it? And I laughed in his face, but I couldn't get that out of <laughs> my head. Went home, made loads of notes, made loads of nis- lists, kind of jokingly, semi-jokingly as a hobby, started making plans to write this book. Realised what an immense task this would be to cover two decades. The next time Dave was in the following week, I was like, you like writing, Dave, do you fancy having a go at this? We won't finish it. It'll just be a bit of fun for us. And yeah. three and a half hours, three and a half years later, and 740 pages, and God knows how many hours of viewing, reading, research, Scarred for Life 1 comes out. And this is the thing, Andy, it was always a hobby to us. It was, we sound like yeah. a, an indie band from the 80s and 90s. I swear to God, it's that kind of, we wrote it for us. And if other, You weren't in it for the record deal or the big bucks. You were in all. it for just doing no. it yourself, getting it down on paper. It's that, and, and if other people enjoy it, that was a bonus. So I, re, I still remember, I'll never forget this. The day before we were due to publish, it was all finished, it was all ready to go. And I'm kind of chatting to Dave on WhatsApp kind of excited and talking about like I'm going to press the publish button upload the PDF off we pop I said to him if we sell 200 copies of this book in my lifetime I will die a happy man and we we saw Dave how many copies you're yeah. the numbers man you're the math magician <laughs> yes okay uh, well basically yeah, Steve said if we sell 200 copies that would be amazing I said no let's be optimistic let's sell a thousand this is like wild aim high, guy. Aim, no, high. Aim, aim high uh, as of Today, I did check today actually, uh, we've sold somewhere north of 16,000 copies of the books. Wow. Jesus, I don't keep tabs on this. That's my, oh my God. Because I mean, this is how I discovered you, these two guys, you two, is that um, I was just scrolling through Twitter as a, as a, as a do, and you've got a fantastic um, Twitter account, uh, Scarred for Life 2 on, on Twitter. Check it out. But you post, you post these fantastic like clips of. And, and we'll get to this in this podcast series, but this is what it's all about: terrifying public safety adverts, unsettling intros to, um, you know, childhood dramas, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then I went and checked out the books. And this is what is going to make this such a fantastic podcast series: is that um, the Scarred for Life books, Volume One and Two, are kind of like the uh, it's like a tome that we have there as like a, a point of reference for everything. So, I mean, I, I remember chatting to one of you guys about. I remember being particularly scared of the opening sequence of uh, Tales of the Unexpected, and if you go to, I don't know which uh, volume is, I think it might be volume two of the Scarred for Life books, there's a fantastic bit in there about uh, the unusual way that Roald Dahl ended up making Tales of the Unexpected or how it ended up being a TV show. So it's like like we say in the very intro of this uh, podcast, it's, it's not just like Peter Kay going on, do you remember this? Do you remember Roller Cola, et cetera, et cetera? It's not that kind of nostalgia. It's a slightly darker nostalgia where we get into the a deep dive into why these things came about. Steve? That's the thing. That was the thing that wound me and Dave up because everyone loves nostalgia. But it used to wind the pair of us up that we'd get these books and we'd read them and it would literally be like Peter Kate, be like, oh, do you remember 
these sweets? Do you remember this chocolate? Do you remember this yeah. comic? And I'd be like, yeah, I do. Could you tell me how it was produced, please? Because I'm sure there's some really amazing anecdotes behind it. So we made it our mission whenever possible. Not just to say Tales of the Unexpected is amazing. Here's the best episodes. But if we could, we'd find out the genesis of the show, the legacy yeah. it left behind, how it was made. I mean, Dave, my God. I mean, I think mine and Dave's styles of writing complement each other. I'm kind of more emotional. I like the the effects that it had on me. But Dave's, he's the research man. He really gets into the, the nitty gritty of yeah. how these things were made. Yeah, I just, I just, I just love uh, finding out weird facts about things. Like, I think I was researching um, the Box of Delights. Uh, it, it didn't make it into the final volume, but I just love the idea that in one scene in Box of Delights, they, they set off an explosion that actually blew up the ceiling of like a an, a, 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 a grade two listed mansion. <laughs> things, things like that. I think, I think that's fantastic. Or, the, or another one where I was researching. I don't know why I was researching headphones. When were the first oh, right. headphones? And it was like eighteen seventy something. I thought like, that's insane. Really, first something, headphones were eighteen seventy. It was something. It was. It was. So, it was a, a lot longer ago than you think it was. It was for Lord uh, Bose or, or somewhere. <laughs> yes, that's right. But I just like. I liked. I liked to to find a fact that you wouldn't know necessarily know. Like for example, uh, one of the members of uh, Landscape, you know, with the Einstein a Go Go song. One of them. Also played the trumpet on the Lurpak advert with you know Douglas the trumpeter, the little butterman. Oh, I remember him. Yeah, uh, one of the, yeah, the yeah. Lands, one of the members of the landscape did that. It's, just, it's a fact like that. I think that just launches me off into um, <laughs> my discussions of TV shows and comics and so forth. Well, Dave's dedication to research. Steve. I mean, I love me research. Don't get me wrong, but we did a one-off special live show a couple of years ago at Halloween, based around video nasties, the entire video nasty era. And the centerpiece yeah. of that show was we managed to source a VHS copy of Driller Killer and show it at the venue. Now, oh, Dave, wow. that, I mean, that's great. You kind of go into the making of Driller Killer and the, the meaning of it and the, the legacy it left behind. It was one of the quintessential <clears throat> video nasties. Dave went a step further with his research. I did. I I did. I, I decided to find out how easy it would be, be to become a driller killer. So I, I, okay. I, I, I joined a, <laughs> I joined a discussion group on the internet called Tools in Action, uh, which isn't as exciting as it sounds. It sounds like a nightclub. <laughs> well, it, 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 it'll ruin your Google history. Let me tell you. But, uh, <laughs> uh, I joined and I said I, I did a post um, saying, "Oh, by the way, how would you adapt a drill to become a driller killer, like in the film?" and I got a mixture of replies. To be fair, I got, I got, uh, I got, I got one guy saying, uh, "Where do you live?" Another guy right. said, "I." Another guy said, "I have guns," and and then one guy came on and said, "Oh, what you do is you need to adapt this. You need to have an AC power pack. You need to get the phase right." And just and he gave me this all this technical information about how to go out with a drill. I love how that. To, how to modify a mains power drill to go outside <laughs> and do drill killing. So well, that it was very useful. Well, I, I might do. Well, you know, you never know that bit in horror movies whether um, the, the killer's gone on and done a bit of research or posted in Reddit for a bit of help before they get going as well. That could be a thing. Uh, and it's this. Th these are the kind of questions that we're going to be asking in this yes, podcast series. Absolutely. Uh, like I said earlier on, we're going to have a different guest on each week normally, and they're going to bring to the table three things that have petrified them. Uh, this the, the next episode, the first kind of episode, big ep proper episode, which is on the way next, uh, just so that we can get to know each other a bit more. Uh, myself, Dave, and Steve are going to come to the table uh, with three things that scare us when we were kids like i said earlier on we want to hear 
your listeners' scars as well. Uh, so get in touch. There's a load of different ways to get in touch. We really want to uh, you know, share these uh, amazing, terrifying memories together. Uh, email contact at scarredforlifebooks.com. Uh, and like I said earlier on, on Twitter as well as a treasure trove of stuff uh, uh, that we have there uh, at Scarred for Life too. Uh, so until the next episode then where we will share our three scars that got us into this kind of weird world that we're in. Uh, you've been listening to Scarred for Life. Thank you for joining us. Remember, do have nightmares and we will see you next week. 